I'm Lauren Sterling, and this is Ordinary Grit, the podcast where I talk to ordinary people who have overcome and are doing amazing things because your story has power. Welcome back to Ordinary Grit. This week, we are going to add some more testosterone to the mix. These guys are gritty because they're men that are willing to talk about their faith, their marriages, their kids, infertility, adoption, parenting. Um, It'll stretch us to be raw and see that we all have stuff and life can be hard or confusing, but it's easier to navigate together. And so it was super fun to talk to these guys about some real life things. Um, They have a podcast that you're going to hear about. So please welcome the Dad Vice podcasters, Sean and Chance. Okay, so we're going to do something a little bit different today. And we're going to highlight you guys. I'm going to let you get some five minutes of fame. I'm kidding. But to get your (laughs) stuff out. So I have here two people. Again, we haven't done this in a minute. But Chance Bush, Sean Ryan, you are just regular people. That's the whole ordinary grit thing, right? Very regular. Regular guys that are starting a podcast of your own. Yes. We are. I'm excited. Definitely. So I think there's a couple things we want to do. I think we want to talk about your podcast and what, why you want to do it. But I also think we need to get to know you a tiny bit. Yeah. So I gave you no prep. So I hope you have some kind of like elevator speech prepared. But seriously, like, just tell me a little bit about you. And it may be like super ordinary, but that's the goal. And then we'll dig into why you guys decided to sit and listen to each other talk for, you know, for fun. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, I'm super ordinary. I grew up uh, with a pretty loving family. Uh, Which one are you? Who are you? I'm Chance. Hello, this is Chance. I grew up with a pretty loving family. Um, We went to church when we had time, right? So I grew up uh, horses in Texas. And, um, you know, we we weren't visitors. We were there every Easter and every Christmas. (laughs) So so I just grew up pretty, pretty simple. Didn't really have tough anything right Mom, dad siblings right so i've got uh two brothers and a sister and and my parents and then uh yeah there was no no real anguish for me right life was pretty pretty simple um but we kind of kept to ourselves kind of people just easy okay. going so yeah okay so then somehow you end up in kansas city area right so uh i spent some time in texas I also spent some time in oklahoma met my wife um in, in oklahoma and took a job up here in kansas city and that's when my life really took off. Right? So, think, so neither one of you were from here? No, neither one of us. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we met in Oklahoma and had a job opportunity here in Kansas City, took it. And then, I mean, life took off, right? So we uh, had an opportunity to try to get guardianship of some of, some of uh, Amber's nieces. And it didn't really work out, but we were one class away from uh, being foster parents in Missouri. And uh, so we took that class and... 10 years later, 35 kids later, here we are. Literally 35 kids have been in and out of your house? Yeah, I think it's 38, but I always shoot low because my wife's always like, you get that number wrong every time. Okay. <laughs> okay, so that's kind of part of your your dad's story right. is that you're married, have now done the foster care thing. Right. Biological children? All my kids are adopted. Okay. Yep. And is that you said you tried to get guardianship. We're like really diving in. I didn't necessarily mean to do this. Right. But- you did you try to get guardianship because it, there was a need or did you know 
having biological children was going to be a problem? No, there was a need. So we okay. were trying to help out a family member out in California. And the reason it didn't happen was typically, and now I know 10 years later, right? Typically reunification is always the goal. And so California was like, how are they going to reunify if you're in Missouri and they're in California? Gotcha. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. Right. So um, another family member stepped up and took care of that. And then, so I think we were done, right? We, we already had our, our one child, our oldest child. And so, uh, I don't know if we gave it a whole lot of thought about fostering, even though I think on my wife's heart, it always kind of weighed. And this was, this was a way to kind of get us prepared for that. And then when, uh, the licensing worker called, it was a no brainer, right? These kids that we were ready to fight for that were family. There's thousands of those stories, Same kind thousands of, of those stories here. out there. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes the need without the thought, like the, it, this just happened. So I'm going to fight makes you realize, oh, there is something in me that wanted that. Or, or it may, it, maybe it was your wife that was like, oh, well, yeah. maybe there, it, that stirred something I didn't even know was there. It like uncovered something I didn't even know was there. Yeah. I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, I'm a believer in how we're wired. Right. And so I think when it's, when, when the Bible says to take care of our um, orphans and widows, it wasn't much of a fight for me, right? It was like, yeah, I mean, I, there's something in me that says I should do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now you are still married, have how many kids in the home? So adopted four and so and one foster child. So we have five in, in the house right now. Okay, cool. And yeah. you work outside of yeah, ministry somehow? Yep, yep. So, okay. uh, yep, work. I work outside. Yeah, I work in the electrical distribution field. So Okay. Yeah. Cool. Man stuff. Man stuff. Because <laughs> I know so much about that. No, like that's, I think that's important. Okay, so Sean, what's your... So, grew up in the Kansas City area. Similar to Chance in the fact that no real drama growing up. Parents are still married to this day. Grandparents all married 50 years plus. Met my wife in high school. Been a part of church in Jesus my entire life. Went through. We did. We met her sophomore year, my junior year. So we've been married 16 years and together almost 24, right? I'm going to be 40 this year, so I'm getting there. But, you know, Jesus has been a part of my life my entire life. Uh, We went to church growing up, went through Christian school, through part of my youth, and now, you know, still in relationship with Jesus. But now I have three kids, a freshman in high school, a 10-year-old and a five-year-old little knucklehead, and um, still moving forward. Okay. Okay. So somewhere along the line, you guys are like, I think I heard like floating in the lake or something, and (laughs) oh my gosh, we have something to say. So, but for real, what made you, you know, go, okay, one, I think there is things to be heard from a male voice. Um, I know that's interesting coming from me as a chick, but that, that is, you know, doing a podcast. But I think that there are some really important things that need to be said from male voices. So I'm excited about the potential of, of that. But then you also had to have had some thought that you have exposure or experience to things that people could talk about. Or maybe things that aren't talked about. So what, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to give me the literal how it was birthed, but like what made you go, okay, we need to, we need to do this. So Chance and I have always been really comfortable in conversation with each other and comfortable to go, I think, to some deeper levels than just surface things. Like often our conversations are more than just like the weather looks nice outside today. And so 
in having conversation in, with his experiences as a, as a father and my different experiences from where I come being a father, you know, in conversation, we're like, there's a lot to talk about. And we found ourselves really over the last year discussing different things with our daughters and sharing things back and forth with both of our teenage daughters about how we're dealing with situations. So I think this has been coming for some time, but this summer, like the idea really came together. Yeah. I, I think there's it's a season for me trying to be more obedient. Right. And so I, I am uh, trying to feed into that. Sean's more of a risk taker than I am. Um, I'm, I'm a little more cerebral. Like how is this, how is this going to come out? I don't want to affect somebody the wrong way the whole nine yards and i end up trying to i end up holding myself back and then that does affect people the wrong way right where sean's like man let's just go let's just go 100 100 miles an hour and it's been refreshing for me and i think we have i'm not saying that we're experts at it i think we are just ordinary guys we're just willing to talk about it we're just willing to throw ourselves out there on the table and hopefully people can relate to that well give me some examples of that okay so regular guys um, obviously from my perspective is different, but I mean, when you, when I think of why guys don't talk about some of this stuff, I mean, I, I think, are, is it, is it guy friendships? Is it how we feel responsible to represent our faith in a way that is super manly or super unemotional or as dads? Cause, cause I think, and I could be wrong, but your, your chance, you're saying that you're, you don't want to lead people wrong. But the reality is you guys don't have the same story. Right. Mm-hmm. But Very you different. can still talk and compare yeah. notes. Your teenage girls aren't going to do exactly the same things or struggle with the exact same things or date the exact same guy or a loser or a non-loser. You know what I mean? That's all the stuff dads fear. Yeah, and right. Your kids are different. And it's, I think sometimes for me too, people don't know how to talk or be in a relationship with me too because they're looking for... I don't, we're not exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I don't think it matters. Yep. So how do guys, what are guys looking for? What's lacking that would make you be able to talk about your faith, talk about insecurities or anxiety or, you know, what's I, I, missing? I think you um, hit it, right? Sean and I um, are very different on where we, our journey till here. And then when you start talking, you're like, man, we're not that we're different. Not that different. We're, not we're not that different. Right. Like, like, yeah, I took I took this path to get here, and you took this path to get here, but truly, we're heading in the same direction. Right. And so it, it's fun to watch some of our paths cross, right? Well, we took some of the same roads, sure. um, and, and we've taken completely opposite roads. And just being able to talk about that and understand, I think the difference is I'm not trying to impress Sean. I'm not trying to maybe tell a story, enhance a story so he'll like me more, right? I think Sean has has been a friend to me saying, hey, whatever you're going through, man, I'm in, right? And that allows me to talk to him and it allows me to go, hey, I think I screwed this up. And so... Uh, I think that's vulnerability. Yeah, right. it is. And I, and I think that's hard for guys to do. I think for so long, guys have been told to be tough, be quiet, override, push forward, take care of everyone else. In the thing that's frustrating about that is there's no accuracy to that. That's not how we're called to be friends in scripture. That's not how we're called to be spouses in scripture. That's not how we're called to walk any part of our life out anywhere. But for a long time, the narrative of, you know, you're a guy, you should be tough. You should be quiet. You should move forward. It's out there. And there's more of us that want to discuss this than we see. There's more of us that are struggling with similar things or experiencing similar wins. And I think we need to normalize having those discussions and celebrating or walking through and learning from each other's 
failures or, or hardships than we really do. There's been nothing that elevated my marriage better than when I decided to get really vulnerable with my wife in a hard season. And if you look at scripture and look how scripture asks us to be in some of these relationships, how we're supposed to look at marriage, like Jesus looks at marriage and how the church, it's, it's what we're asked. It's what we're being asked to do. We're shorting our relationships by not having these discussions and opening up in the right spaces. Yeah. I think what uh, fires it up for me, I think everybody's looking for a little bit of uh, positive reinforcement, right? Hey man, you're doing, you're doing it right. And so I'm a little bit older than Sean. <laughs> He's approaching 40. I'm approaching 50. But, you know, to talk about how you grew up, you have to be strong, no emotion. I don't think, like in my house, I know that wasn't talked about. It was just displayed for me, right? My dad was hardworking man and just, he missed out on a lot of our stuff because he was working and providing and that's just what you did. And so now what happens is I talk to him now and I might have got some of that story wrong, right? I was making assumptions about him. That if I was at 16, would have talked to him. He would have talked to me, but we just didn't, right? And so now- What if he had said, this is hard. I feel a lot of pressure to make enough money to take care of you. And I don't feel like I'm enough. I mean, those are- Those are real thoughts. right? But but maybe people just didn't say it. Which you're not going to push on your 16-year-old kid, right? Like he didn't have a Sean, right? That I think that's what's missing in that era, right? Everybody just kind of went to work and then went home and took care of their families where- if they had a guy that could say, hey, man, this is hard, right? Like, I, I feel like I'm failing every day that I get up. And you start to realize there's more people that are in that same boat. And you're not failing. I mean, right. you're, you're really not. Like, getting up, going after it every day, you're not, you're not failing. It's hard. And there's seasons. But when it's interesting, you know, what we call failing or what we call not enough. And then when you go look to your kids or your spouse and you – see what they really need from you and you really think about the things you know my five-year-old doesn't care if i make five dollars or a million dollars today she doesn't care what she cares about is what time are you going to be home dad when you get home do i get some time with you yeah not just you being home but do i get some time where you're engaging with me and being with me that's her concern today yeah i I thought it was really cool my wife and i just got back from a trip this weekend we went alone first time in 10 years Good for and, you. Uh, yeah. And so uh, when we came home, I mean, the kids, they didn't ask, would you get me anything? They just wanted to be in bed with us. They just wanted to come crawl in and, of course, crawl all over us and just, but they, yeah. you're right. They just wanted to be there and be present. Yeah. Yeah. So in a time when we put all of our supposed business, people can't see me, you know, in quotes, but like we think we're putting our business in out on social media and everybody's seeing all of these things. I, I kind of feel like we're actually the least vulnerable that we've been in a really long time. It, but we but we act like we, we talk about mental health now. We talk yep. about all these things that should make us look more honest, more raw. But I actually think in our relationships, we are less vulnerable. And I don't have any like big wrap up answer to that why that, why that is. I, I could I could guess that the more we're out on social media, the more we're comparing ourselves to each other. Agreed. Right. Um, but it's interesting listening to you guys talk about the things that you struggle with. It really, women struggle too. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the same, we're not even all that different. No. You know, we're, we struggle with being vulnerable with our friends, with being able to be honest, with feeling like we have people who would be there yeah. if it all fell apart or if I was massively feeling like a failure. We're, we're actually coming from a lot of the same places. And so yep. I don't know if we just assume that we're not the same or if, like you said, 
or one of you said, it, you know, that it's just this expectation of what, how men are supposed to look. But yeah, I, yeah, I think there's some really valuable conversation here. One of the things I was looking at your first, so, so your podcast is called dad vice. Dad vice. I love you're going to have all kinds of dad vice for us. And really just like words from, from men that are trying to walk out their faith and their marriage and their parenting together. But I was watching that, the first one that came out and you guys talk about dad guilt. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I talk about mom guilt a lot and yeah. momness. And I just don't, I, mean, I I've tried to recall, like, I think, I think Scott maybe beat himself up a little bit about some things as a dad, but I, I really thought mom guilt was, was way heavier. So and really you guys struggle with that too. We do. And Scott and I have a similar train in the fact that as business owners, balancing time becomes difficult. And I can remember going through stretches where I was working a lot of hours and feeling guilty about not being home, not being at the dinner table with everybody, not helping my wife get the kids to these places, not being there to tuck them into bed. And the reason I wasn't at home wasn't bad. I'm doing things that are going to be better for our family in the big picture, but this guilt still comes into you and starts saying, yeah, that's great. You're going to make an extra $100 this week, but you're not home for bed three nights this week, and you're not home for this this week. And if you let that take hold, then you, it kind of shuts you down. And then you kind of go into this robot mode where you're checking boxes and moving forward, and then you're not engaging like you should. And you feel like you're in a hole you can't get out of. Yeah. That it's, it's, I'm never going to get better, so I guess I'm just going to have to be a failure. i got to be okay with be it. A mediocre dad. Right. Or, okay, so what, what do you do? How do you get out of that? Or how do you balance when you both work and do some ministry, I think, in, mm-hmm. in your church environments? And so it, what's the answer? The answer is for me forever changing, but it's all about trying to continually look for balance. And it's about when you are home being very intentional about your time spent. It's about good communication with my wife and good check-ins with my wife about how am I doing? Um, There's another family in our church that a long time ago gave this nugget of advice where, you know, you go to your spouse and you ask, Hey, how am I doing as a dad, as a husband, as this, and that's opening the door for, your spouse to be very honest with you about where you're at. And that has become a conversation in our house that I value deeply because it's a check-in and it's a time for me to get myself either back on track or to visually see that I'm on the right track, just keep going down the road I'm going and the things I'm doing. But you, it's it's a dangerous conversation if your head's not in the right space for it. Sure. Uh, that's where I get too scared to ask that question. <laughs> so I, I think we all have those. I mean, you nailed it. How do you, how do you deal with it? You realize you can't deal with it by yourself and and you partner up. Right. And there's some things I partner up with my wife with, and there's some things I partner up with Sean with and, and trying to be a better husband. It's hard because she doesn't want to say, Hey, you stink at this. Right. And so um, she's trying to be supportive and positive. So I, I run a lot of things by Sean going, Hey, I tried this and this didn't work. And that's the little grin I just got. Was, <laughs> that usually means I screwed that up, but uh, we, we try to do stuff in our house make up communication. I don't want to call them games or communication ways. We do the positive sandwich, right? You know, yep. Hey, here's what you did today that I thought was really cool. Here's where you were lacking. And then, and then you finish it up with, Hey, here's, here's another thing that you did. That was really cool. You do that with your kids or you do that with your spouse, my spouse. Right. Okay. And, and the rule is you have to wait 24 hours. And when you're talking to the person, the only reply I can give or she can give, if I'm saying, you know, here's your positive is thank you. Right. Thank you. Yeah. And and so what hap- what I learned real fast was I wasn't preparing for an argument 
or how am I going yeah. to respond to this? Cause I know she's going to say this back to me. And so it, it really lets me say, Hey, here's how I felt about this. You don't need to fix it. You don't need to change it. This is just how I felt about it. And it, and it's allowed us to go, okay, I hear you. Right. And, and I literally hear what you're saying. And so it's just trying to get better every day. And, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, we're just regular, we're just yeah. regular guys going, Hey, today was a good day. Yesterday was could could have been better. When being in a place with your spouse where they feel free enough to have open conversation about where you may be lacking for them, knowing that you're not going to attack and knowing that you're going to come back to them in a place of, okay, I hear you. I'm validating how you're feeling. Now, what are we going to do? What collectively are we going to do so that you feel valued and seen and I can do it in a way that doesn't make me feel unvalued or unseen as well? It's freeing and it's really, it, it turns your relationship up to new levels that you kind of go, oh, wow, I didn't know this was possible to be in even this level of trust with my spouse. It's yeah. it's a cool spot to be and It's not always easy. And there's times where you get it wrong and then you got to go fix what you've done right for months, but it's, it's powerful. Right. It, it's talking about some of that dad guilt. So I'm a dad of daughters, one son, right? So I've four daughters in my house and, and one son. And you realize that you're always on stage. I'm either teaching my daughters how they should be treated or teaching my son how to treat his wife. And so that's the part of the dad yeah. when you're like, when you lose it and then you're like, yeah, okay, now I got to back up here and go, Hey kids, I shouldn't have reacted like that. You know, it's, it's just a tough, it's a tough spot to be in. It's pressure. It's pressure. Yeah. It can yeah, be man. pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure she, like I said, like you said, it's the same. She's, she's showing him our son. Yeah. How, how he should be treated or how, how, yeah, how he should be treated and our daughters, how to treat their husbands. So, but we're also showing them how to mess up and apologize. Right. Yeah. We're showing them how to be a human that yeah. isn't able to do everything perfectly. No. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I feel a lot of the same pressure and I'm in a different situation as a widow yeah. where I am in some ways, both things. Right. No, I don't, I don't try to be a man or a dad, but I mean, I am, am right now, you know, it, this strange role. So I, yeah, I could feel a similar pressure, but I have to catch myself and go back to who am I trying to please? Right. Right. Who is like school, that audience of one song. Do you guys ever? Yep. I don't remember that world? one. But I mean, I catch myself and I think it's second Corinthians five was a passage when Scott was sick. That was really big about. It, it talks about how this is all temporary, that this is, that this is a tent that yep. is, I'm just living here temporarily. And I used to read it to Scott when he was getting really sick, but there's a part in there about my aim is to please God. God. Right. And right. I, I hear that in my mind a lot where, cause I, I find myself, you know, having to, having to go, who is it that I am aiming to please? I, I'm preparing for camp next week. I'm speaking to the students next week. And one of the days we're talking about the shepherd's voice. Yep. And I was preparing the other day and I got super convicted by myself. I didn't even finish preparing because the Lord was dealing with me. But I was taught, you know, preparing to talk to them about a shepherd and thinking, you know, as teenagers, you don't even think anybody that you need guidance. Right. So this idea of listening to the shepherd's voice, is like whatever, I don't need. The reality is we're all being discipled. We're all being guided by something. Yep. And so real quickly, God made me have to deal with what's discipling me. What is it? It might not be TikTok and things like that, that it is for kids. Is it like pulling myself up by the bootstraps and like surviving alone, proving people wrong? Right. Yep. Is that discipling me? And I it like messed me up for the evening because I, I couldn't even go back to preparing 
I had to really figure it out. What is discipling me? What is guiding me? Is it the Lord? Is that my aim to please? And I mean, I've been at this for over two years and I still am having to catch myself. Nope. Nope, I'm not trying to please the kids that live in my house. I'm not trying to please the ones that don't. I'm not trying to please people that are listening. I'm not trying to please my church. I'm not trying to please anybody but the Lord. Yeah, correct. But I have to go back to start at that because the pressure is overwhelming. Right. The pressure can can destroy you. Right. And yeah. and that is the best thing you can teach your kids. As a dad, the best thing that they can see you do is go back to what's God asking. Right, right, right. That's the best, the the ultimate. So I had a kid disagreeing with me not that long ago. Doesn't doesn't like a decision in my life. And but he but he started with mom, you asked the Lord and you listened to him. And I was like, like <laughs> when you, you, you answered it. Yes. Isn't that the yes. best feeling when you're like, yes. when you are listening? Yeah. yeah. Well, or you see that. Yeah. You see that yeah. in me. Like because and yeah. you you don't feel it, you're not a big fan of yeah. anything. And you've never discussed that with them before. No, no, it wasn't like, well, I listen to the Lord and, and I'm doing what he says. And I mean, hopefully, yes, they're seeing it displayed. And then sometimes, yes, I'm having to say, hey, look, I'm asking God what to do on this. But his instinct response was, look, mom, you asked the Lord and you listened to him. And I was like, all right, well, we're done. Yeah. Like that, that's, that is a win because I'm never going to be at every soccer game. I can't. Literally, sometimes they're at the same time at different locations. Yeah, I will. It, it will never be said that my mom came to everything. Their mom can't. Yeah. I'm going to let them down. I'm going to say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, not be their dad. I can't. Yeah. Yep. You know. Yep. And so I have to catch myself a lot. Yeah. Who am I striving to please here? And obviously, then your spouse is a quick second to. Yeah. Like, am I, yeah. how am I doing in this area, which isn't my case, but but for you guys, yeah. but even above that, the most attractive thing you guys can do is be pursuing the Lord first yeah. and be so confident in walking with him. Yeah. That's super attractive to your yeah. wife. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think for us sometimes as, as guys, we go into fix mode. I, I can fix it. That's what I do. I fix things. Yeah. That's what I do at work. We build things. I fix things. That's my career. And that's what we are wired intrinsically to do is fix. And so there's times where when, you know, you need to just point the kids back or give them that vision and not be the one that fixes it, that it's really hard and you really have to catch yourself and go, okay, is this mine to fix? Or is it just mine to guide? With my 15-year-old daughter, I try to send her text through the week of pieces of scripture explaining to her who God sees her to be so that she can build a tape and then go take that and dive in. And we have to build in these things where we're not fixing, but we're, we're showing by our actions and what we're doing, what that actually looks like, which. Yeah. There was a moment when Scott was dying, like, like legit in the last three weeks, things were really getting hard. And I, he hadn't quite gotten to where he wasn't completely himself, but I could see a change in his eyes and, and some things that I was like, I, I, I could feel the ball rolling down the hill real fast. And there was a time that I was like, hey, is there anything you want to say to the kids? Like, I'll write it down. He felt really tired. He felt terrible. Looking back, I think he felt worse than I could have even realized in that moment. Mm-hmm. And and he said, look, I've said everything to them I need to say. And it made me mad. Like, no, you haven't. I will help you. Let me write it down. Maybe one word. One word for each, each of the eight kids or... And later, I was able to go back to, 
how could he have possibly, I mean, gosh, we had one that was going to be making a decision about getting married. We, people deciding who to date, where, where to go to school, whether or not to quit school, all these things that were coming. And I'm like, how could he, how could he have possibly covered it all? Like, like, no, you didn't, you didn't even try. I was so frustrated and I was just tired, weary in a way that looking back, I wish I'd handled that, that moment differently internally. We didn't know how I felt internally, but what he did is he pointed people back to Christ. He pointed people how to listen. Yeah. He was always teaching. How do you know that you have the Holy Spirit? Well, Galatians, I think it's Galatians, says that it's the deposit that the Holy Spirit is the deposit guaranteeing your salvation. Yep. So when was the last time you heard the Holy Spirit? He pointed people back over and over and over to hear for themselves, to learn from the- for themselves, to read for themselves. So he did cover it. Covered so it all. He did. So then not long after he died, we had one deciding about getting married. And we had one that's having a baby and we had one that graduated high school and we had people making decisions about college and changes of majors. And he did, he did cover that stuff. So, I mean, that is ultimately, if you guys are aiming to please God and then pointing your kids back to that, then you, you have covered the mess ups. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've asked the Lord to just fill in the gaps where I lack. Just fill in the gaps. Every day. He can only be. The things that he can only be. I, it is not my job to be the Lord for my for my kids. So and if you I'm had the op- there too, and I'm not even a guy. And if you had the opinion that that's where we get off base, those we start to take on things that are Jesus's and the Lord's to do, because we feel like we if I don't do this, who's going to do this? Yep. And most of that comes down to a lack of trust in God's timing to do the things that He's promised us to do with Scripture, and let it not look like we we want it to look be obedient to who who he made us to be right so i mean yes there is a drive or a passion or a zeal or a you know ideas even creative ideas that that some of those are our personalities as people that are in business or are creative or are good at something you know we all have gifts and talents that I, i mean i'm not supposed to just sit back and like lay in bed all day and hope God does something really cool, you know, (laughs) but there is balance in you gifted me this way. You asked me to do this or that. And so what, what do you want me to do with it? What, what is today's obedience look like? And so it's this balance balance that that we use that word. I think most things in life come down to that. It it really does. How, How are you balancing the things in life? How are you balancing the callings versus responsibilities of, of the day-to-day world. Life is so much about balance. Yeah, I, I totally agree that um, when we start talking about our kids and having those moments, uh, my 17-year-old, she has a decision. She'll come up and she usually stands in the same spot when she's looking for an answer right at the top of the stairs. So if she doesn't get the answer she wants, she can just go downstairs. So she'll stand there and, and uh, I'll, at, the, at the end of every time we discuss it, I'm like, all right, well, you talk to mom and you've talked to me. And she'll go, I know, I got to go talk to God. There you go. There you go. Right? Like, basically, here's your mom's opinion and here's my opinion, but there's really only one opinion that matters. And so, yeah, go see, go see God. Some things we've experienced and we might have something valuable, you know, uh, some valuable right. experience that, that helps hear God's voice in something. But really, if we can teach them how to recognize his voice. Right. I mean, that's that's all campus about next week. So point I'm him excited. back. Yeah. yeah. To, to point her back to go to... To him for the decision, whether it be scripture or prayers, life skills that I don't think we talk enough about. Yeah. Well, I think this is hitting right on our podcast, right? Like, I'm not the dad that's going to sit in the couch and say, First Galatians says this. And, say, you know, I'm sorry. I just, I wish I could. 
right? But I'm just not that dad. I'm the dad that's going to say, hey, man, get on your face. Just seek God. Yeah. Get yeah. quiet and, and just listen. And so yeah. that's where my kids are. That's their, where they're headed at. And I don't hate it. Yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah. Chance, you said something at the very beginning about obedience and that you, I don't, I don't know what exactly how you said it. Is there something that God's asking you to do right now? That's loaded. Uh, that is loaded. The answer is yes. Yeah. Yeah. The answer is yes. So I just went through a pretty difficult four months, I guess. I lost my job and, uh, of 16, 17 years, 17 years. Right. And so, uh, it was, I mean, I'll, we're going to have a whole episode. We're going to do an episode on this, on this um, in a little bit. But here's the cliff notes. Came upstairs, told my wife. She thought I was kidding. And I said, I'm not kidding. Hit my face for about seven seconds and just lost it. Right? Like, how am I going to? I mean, I'm, I'm a provider. I'm how, you know, I'm just looking around my house going, now what? And, and as I sit back, I was able to go through this season and really focus on God and nothing else because of the things he set in place six months ago, two years ago. And, and it just was amazing to me. And I, I've talked to Sean about this a million times of just the days that I'm like, why did this happen? And now as I look back and go, man, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be in the position that I am in, that I'm in now. And so talking about me being a real dad, I, I would love to be the guy that sends inspiring texts to Sean and, and, and his daughter. And I'm trying to listen to that. And so I've been, I think there's only been one or two, right? You can say that. But I'm trying to get this thing figured out where I'm obedient. I, I, I believe I hear God. I'm not always obedient. Hey, go talk to this person. Go talk to that person. Because I, I've, I've sat back in this world of being a, I don't want to say a people pleaser, but I, I don't want to offend anyone. I don't, when the minute I know I'm doing it right, I'll tell you you're doing it wrong, right? I'm, I still do it wrong a bunch. And so the, the kids make fun of me because we'll go out to a restaurant and somebody will make a mistake. I'm like, hey, Soon as I quit making mistakes, I'll yell at somebody for, for making a mistake. And so, but I am trying to be a more, I don't know, active God follower, God listener, if you will, and saying, Hey man, I was just thinking about you today and, and I just wanted to pray for you. I don't know what you're going through, but you're on my And it can be that simple. And yeah. I yeah. think that's an important piece of obedience yep. and listening because I think potentially, and I don't know if this is guys, you know, when you look at church leadership, your high level is a lot of men, but your servants are a lot of women. And so there's, do you see, is there a good demonstration of men acting out just simple faith, just simple basics? And so I think it's really important for people to see whether it's you obnoxiously tip the waitress that messed up yeah, because you felt like God told you to give her an extra 20 bucks on top of the tip or... Right something, something like that, even include your kids in some of that, you know, like, Hey, I went and took a hundred dollar, you know, hundred bucks out of the ATM today. And we're, we're going to find who to give it to today or you know, right. whatever. But I think simple things like, Hey, how are you today? Your mind came, your, your name came to my mind today. And I don't know why it doesn't have to be, here's an entire passage in a sermon based yeah. on what I read. Yeah. So in fact, it's probably better that it's not. So, I mean, you're in my mind, you're exactly right. I, I'm trying to, I, I don't want to make it where, I don't know how to word this, right? I want to be intentional without creating the moment, right? Sure. Like I it's want organic. my kids. It's like an organic. Right. I want my kids to understand, you know, you don't have to go create this moment. God has these moments lined out for you. Yeah. And so it, it's it's a simple, talking about obedience, it's as simple as we went to Florida 
a couple of weeks ago and, and I was like, okay, God, just let me know that I have this new job so I can go enjoy Florida. Right. And so nothing. Cricket, didn't do that. Crickets. And on the way back, they called me and said, Hey man, we're going to hire you. Like just got yep. the way of saying, dude, I'm going to take care of you. Yep. Stop. Stop trying to make it your timing. Yeah. Just be in communion with me. And so, uh, yeah. yeah. So well, and the other thing we're going to get into when we talk about this on our podcast is, and you and I haven't talked about this yet, so I'm about to hit you with something new, <laughs> is how much of our careers, and this is not specific to just men, we let become our identity. Oh, come on. And so to have to learn a lesson for the last four or five men, months where you pulled your career out of your identity completely and said, now what do you want me to do, God? How do you want me to make this look? All the way down to how he provided you with the new job in his timing is something powerful. Come on, brother. I am instead of instead of me going to work and being this home and coming home and being a dad, I'm a dad. Yep. And and ten hours out of the day I'm this thing. Um, but I'm a dad. That's that's yeah. what I was called to do. Identity is a huge one. So I'm excited for you guys to talk about that one because that identity is a big thing. I don't care how old you are, what gender you are, it is it is a thing. Mm. And until you can figure out you are in Christ alone, everything else is shakeable. Right. And, and nothing feels full enough no. beside it. Because you could either lose your spouse or not ever get called to be married. You can lose your kids, not be able to have kids, not be able to have biological kids, but have kids that don't have to say yes to you or all of that is fleeting. It's all temporary. And I feel really fortunate that in that God had already laid some groundwork with me over lots of years that when Scott died, I didn't go, oh, shoot, right. who angry. Yeah. Right. Don't get me wrong. They're, the enemy jacks with you in lots of funny, fun, not funny, but like just real lovely ways mm. eventually. And things you said you weren't going to feel, yeah. 90 days later you feel. And you're like, that isn't even it. But I could always go back. I could go back to, I know who I am. Right. I was never somebody different because of Scott yep. or because of my kids or if they liked me or don't like me or no. Right. Because yeah. all that is shifting sand and I have something I can stand on that is sturdy. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to compare the two, but that was the big message to me, right? Was, hey, for 17 years, you've let this thing be you yep. and- it's okay to compare the two. Let me say that to you. Okay. Okay, because it doesn't belittle my my heartbreak. Yeah. For us to be able to go, I get that. Right. That's yeah. the whole point. Right. Whole point of ordinary grit. Whole point of what some of the things you guys are going to do. Right. It we're going to have completely different circumstances, and then but but be able to go, I get that. Right. For sure. I mean, I, that, I understand you. Yeah. I came to that conclusion. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or oh, that says that just added to something that God's been doing with me. Come on. So we're not exactly the same. Nobody is. Yep. Nobody is. Yep. You will never find another dad that feels exactly the same way that you feel or another husband or another. I'm not going to find a 38 year old widow with eight kids that are exactly like mine. <laughs> right? No, I'm not 38 anymore. But that's how it goes. <laughs> anyway. I was but that's also the, so I was thinking about your kids and I'm going, no way are you going to find that. Uh, right. <laughs> so I, I just want you to hear that like, it's okay yeah. to like, I, you don't have to necessarily worry so much. I mean, yes, we care about people's feelings, but I I didn't feel like you were saying yeah. that your sadness doesn't matter, but it's okay to go. I the Me Too movement kind of made me hate the words Me Too a little because of some of the ways it portrayed women. But yeah. but it's okay to go. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting over here going, I understand where you're coming from, right? Right. Like, 
like there was a moment in my life that it was that was recent that was like hey here is who you are be proud of that stand in that and 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 help other people stand in that and that's the beauty of how god can use our own circumstances to bring people together in the same place that you wouldn't expect. Lauren, your circumstances versus Chance's circumstances were very different, but for him to be able to use each of those to bring both of you to a similar conclusion about how he works is part of the beauty and mystique of how he works. And that's what's so cool when we lean in and let him do it, let him work. And it's what makes truths, truths, that that they're the same across the board and who he is is the same across the board. Yes. And so that, I think it helps us be able to go, okay, we're all, we're all, we're all different and have unique gifts and, and experiences, but we're all the same. All the same. It's kind of crazy, right? Your, your loss, my loss of job, same God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey man. Your, your hurt, your guilt, your doubt, your anxiety, your insecurity, you know, I got you. I got you. So, yeah. Okay. So let's like rapid fire. Tell me different topics that we can expect to see coming out on Dadvice? So there, there's a couple that are important to me. Uh, we're going to talk about my jobless journey. The one that you identify of what you do, right? My brother has been a uh, a police officer for now 25 years. And I'm very excited to see, did, did being a dad change the way he polices? And does police change the way you're a dad? And so we're really going to get into the identity of what you do, yeah. making sure it doesn't tell you who you are. Okay. Our next one up is going to be our teenage daughters, okay. and we're going to talk about what it looks like to be a teenager right now, what the dad and daughter relationship looks like, yeah. some funny stories about the father-daughter relationships. Yeah. Our wives are going to be on at some point to talk about the balance of being a father, being a husband, supporting our spouse well, supporting their dreams well, and not just our dreams well. We're going to talk about anxiety, which is something that I have worked with and worked through for five or six years. We're going to talk about dad guilt. We're we're going to talk about that and how to deal with that. And, 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 and maybe I don't think you're ever going to remove it, but how to talk with it and put it out on the table. We're going to talk about, you know, chance and Amber's story different than ours and how we had kids. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how naive Megan and I were because it was easy for us to have children and how that was different from their story. How to walk out that journey as friends. Yeah. It's different. Can't relate. Yeah. I, I think what's so beautiful about this podcast is how we became dads on two totally different paths and find ourselves now paddling the exact same boat. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then we're going to have some funny ones that are lighthearted. Our very first episode was a more funny story about my shenanigans driving to nationals for dance, but we're not going to shy away from topics that are vulnerable. Yeah. We want to show vulnerability and show that it's okay it's okay and okay. talk about it i love it yeah. i love it so it's on youtube it's on youtube dad vice podcast that's right dad vice podcast okay. will be coming to spotify and the other major ones soon okay yeah. we're, how often can we be expecting we're looking at it every two weeks every two weeks yeah we're, we're i mean we're still in the um just getting everything lined out phase um but we're gonna cut a couple of shows and just make a run okay all right. Well, we're looking forward to it. Thank you for thanks for having being us. vulnerable, being honest. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's great. Thank you so much for listening. If you have or know someone with an inspiring story, you can apply to be a guest at ordinarygrit.com. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram at ordinarygritpodcast to get to know me and my guests.